everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pearsal Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 313, a yeah. themed episode. 313. Remember when we had episode 13 and we did it as like a, I think that was our first conspiracy episode. Hey, you know what? The fact that you brought that up, we need to do a conspiracy episode. Mm. And I, I, I should have talked to you about right before we started recording. But if you have ideas for conspiracies, hit us up in the DMs, uh, hit us up in the YouTube comments, uh, let us know in the Discord because I, I want to do one again. We haven't done one. Yeah, it's been a little while. We have the robes still. I don't think we need to go robes for the next conspiracy theory. I, let's just do tinfoil hats. Those are easier. <laughs> I think it's a little more obvious because I think you got to like anybody even know what tinfoil hats I think, are anymore. I think people understand the imagery of like of me and you are sitting here with tinfoil hats talking and then like we're wearing robes. Now, let me explain. It's robes as if maybe we're people behind the scenes at a secret meeting at an altar doing a special thing about an algorithm. It's like, wait, what? You're, why are you wearing robes? The tin hat makes sense. You know? No, I think it's the other way around. No. Like on social media, like every conspiracy thing, especially on TikTok, is always like, you know, uh, that one group. And it's always like there's certain people who run the world. Right. But I wouldn't even say like those groups names because we're going to we're on YouTube. But 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 again, those are the people who are like in the the thing that the conspiracy theorists are talking about. The tinfoil hat are those of us who are like looking at that and going, that's a thing. Okay. Right. Like. What side of the conspiracy so we are we on? Like, like on are we on the eBay side? Tinfoil tin hats. Yeah, man, we okay. need it. Right. Tinfoil hats. So and yeah, stuff. give us your ideas. We we look because we've had some people in the Discord be like, "Oh, hey, we just caught this episode." And so Mike and I used to do a lot of stuff like that, and then it just things just got crazy, and we just wanted to make sure we kept putting out content. But I think it's time to go back to the old days. Yeah, maybe do some fun things. Um, maybe even bring back. Bring back some uh, book reviews here and there. Might be oh, yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. different. Maybe do it a little different, a little more focused. But uh, yeah, so cool. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about today? So I know a few months back we did have an episode that happened right after a major reseller that's on YouTube got banned on eBay. Yeah, and it was kind of yeah. one of those. We didn't address that situation. We just decided to make a whole episode about you know how not to get banned. Yeah, kind of generalities of like what causes issues like that to come up, how to avoid them. Uh, because a lot of times people look at that, look at situations and they think, hey, this is going to easily happen to me. And so we wanted to make it clear that that's typically not the case. There's exceptions. Uh, but the general rule is mm -hmm. this is a rare thing that happens or there's a lot of things that you can do to avoid it. And you kind of in some ways have to go out of your way. Again, there are exceptions, but we, we had a whole episode kind of hoping to ease a lot of people's tensions and ease yeah, a lot of that, like, that's concern. what the purpose was. Right. Right. And so this time around, it's a little different. And again, we always talk about we're not gurus, we just document. And so this came out of a situation I've been dealing with. Uh, I I had a, a bag earlier this month that was sent back from eBay as not being authentic, which I know is authentic, but it killed my sales. And again, no one really knows what the you know nefarious algorithm is doing. But I will tell you this, within moments of the defect, so I ended up getting two defects. I got the transaction defect and the case uh, settled without seller resolution uh, defect. And within moments of those two being removed after, after contacting eBay that, as far as I know, is authentic, there has to be a case for human error. And, and they, they, you know, they agreed with me. And so they removed them. Sales came in. 
Again, this last weekend, I sold a pair of Nike Air Maxes. They were legitimate. They were legitimate. But some, you know, some, I don't know, random kid at SneakerCon or something went through them and was like, nope, these aren't, I can't say they're authentic. And my sales died for like two days. And and my sales went to like $100 a day, which is not a good day for me. But then the moment I had to contact eBay three times, we'll talk about this in a moment. The moment it got removed, $600 in sales within the hour. And I'm not saying that they're directly related. You know, causation is not correlation or is it correlation, not causation. Right. That's what it is. Okay. But I think there's something to be said about being careful and understanding whether you're part-time or full-time that some things are just not worth the risk. And for me now, selling used Nike shoes that I don't have receipts for that are over $100 for me, unless it's like, I thought this was a slam dunk. I thought those Nike Air Maxes were legitimate. I had no doubt in my mind, but uh, it's just not worth it. It's not worth getting banned. It's not worth getting temporarily suspended. It's not getting a defect. And so I wanted to talk about, you know, why it's important not to put your reselling business at risk and then how to kind of avoid it. And I, I want to make sure we don't cross over too much with our episode for a few months back. You should listen to that one too. Uh, but the very simple one, the very first step is make sure you know the terms of service for the platform. Would you agree? Do you know all your terms of service? Absolutely not. And that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that like we have to be realistic about that. There are going to be a lot of things you're not going to know until it comes up, right? If you're a brand new reseller, you might not know you can't use the term Velcro or the term onesie until that happens. And for a lot of us, it's like, well, that's common sense. But there are other things. I mean, I've gotten Vero's on items I've listed and it's just like almost like shocking. Like, wait a minute, I didn't realize this company, I couldn't <laughs> sell their item. Uh, and so you, you have to do your due diligence. I would say um, if you've got, you're in good standing and and you kind of understand the general rules, uh, you're going to be in an okay position. Now, if you're continually breaking those rules or if you don't spend the time, I would say if, if you're going to sell something really expensive uh, or questionable where it's like, you know, I'm not sure if like, can you sell like these types of items on eBay, like an embalmed human finger? Like, is that something <laughs> I can sell on eBay? Right. I found I'm it. I'm sure that's not okay. Right, exactly. And that's what I mean. So if you're, if it's, if it's something that's questionable, then that's when you would say, definitely go look. I mean, it doesn't hurt to look through it, but I mean, let's be honest, who, when you get any new app on a phone or anything, spend the time to go through all 197 pages of their small print terms of service. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like you can at least do your due diligence when you're selling questionable items or things where uh, it's very expensive and you want to make sure. Uh, and then if you've got random errors here and there, the first time you do the onesie thing, all right, like you get warned. But then if you're continually trying to do it, then at, at some point, I think that's when they realize, hey, you do know the terms of service and you're not honoring them. Yeah. And just remember, you're in their sandbox. So it doesn't matter how much injustice you feel. It doesn't matter. You know, all the time I see people on YouTube, you know, say I'm leaving eBay and I'm doing this. And, and the reality is, is that they have their terms of service and no matter what. They will stick to those. Now, there are times if you have a good reputation and you have great feedback, and that's what we talked about in the episode that was related to this, how, you know, having 100% feedback is so important. Uh, making sure to have free returns on eBay, making sure that, you know, everything is up to par will help you out. But the, the problem is, is that every platform has different things. And so you have to know that. So, for example, on eBay, you could get away with selling something new in box, even though the box is damaged, right? As long as the item inside is new you're good. But if you do that on Amazon, you can get a lot of trouble. 
if you if you sell like 50 items like that and you get like 10 bad reviews or maybe even five, you might get banned. Right. So it's it's very important to understand. It's very important to understand, you know, Mercari has, I would say, lesser uh, requirements as far as like they don't they're not as stringent as 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 strict as stringent a word. They're not as strict as yeah. eBay. And when it comes to, you know, selling certain kinds of items, right? Uh, Bonanza is not as strict when selling kinds of items. But for example, on Bonanza, uh, I get stuff banned all the time uh, because it, there's some like political stuff, I guess. It hasn't been anything like terrible that I've sold. I can't remember what it was. I'm going to look it up. But uh, on Bonanza, they very much uh, appeal to a certain demographic, I guess. And so they do not want certain items sold on their platform. And so they'll automatically ban that. Yeah, that makes me think of the uh, like the Dr. Seuss book incident uh, where you couldn't sell certain Dr. Seuss books. And it was hard because my my. Oh, here it is. Was it a Dr. Seuss? No, it was a Washington Redskins uh, snapback. And on Bonanza, it was a no go. It was prohibited. But on eBay, it was fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead with the Dr. Yeah. No, I was just going to say it's like the same kind of thing where uh, you couldn't sell those two or three Dr. Seuss books on eBay. I mean, you could for a few hours until they posted something <laughs> yeah. saying you couldn't. And, you know, listings being, being pulled if you had it up. And my my dad bought for my first son, like the entire Dr. Seuss collection. So we've got these books sitting in this collection. And it's like, I'm never going to, I mean, I've got so many Dr. Seuss books. I'm not going to read these. If I could sell this book for 200 bucks. Why not? Right. So throw it up on eBay. It gets pulled down. Well, you couldn't sell that there, but you could still sell it on OfferUp. You could still sell it on Craigslist. You could still sell it on Facebook marketplace. You could sell, there are other places you could still sell it. And so you just had to just know that, Hey, this isn't you just have to know, can I do that on this platform? If not, then is there another platform I can uh, and and not try to push it? We could have kept pushing because we saw other people selling them and getting away with mm-hmm. it on eBay. Ours got pulled. Had I put it back up? I mean, I'm sure I would have had a, a suspended or at least a warning on my account, right? Because we had been warned and I could point the finger and say, hey, but what about them? What about this person? You didn't block them and they just they sold one care. five minutes it's like, ago. It's like the police officer that pulls the order for speeding. Yeah, that never wins an argument. Yeah, I mean that, 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 that's a terrible. I mean, I think even think of, like as a teacher, right? When you tell a kid, "Hey, I need you to stop doing that." Well, they're doing it too, and it's like, I, I understand no you're responsible for yourself, right? Like I caught you, you're responsible for you. Let me figure out, you know, for them. So yeah, you you can't even if you look at it as injustice, it is what it is. You've got to do what's right and following their platform, whether or not you agree with it. You know, you're, you're signing up, and the reality is, if you do get banned or you do end up like you said, taking a uh, taking a major L on your on your your account, my metrics, right? Yeah. And 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 all of a sudden your your numbers are way down. And you're not selling, and the algorithm is coming after you, and all of those things. It takes a lot of time to get your account reinstated if you can, and or to get whatever you need to get removed. I mean, we talk all of the time that eBay is pretty good at taking your side if you've mm-hmm. got a good reputation, if you've shown you've done your due diligence. If your account is in good standings, if you're not a constant complainer, if you if you follow those things, you get that negative feedback, you get that return, you get a couple of zeros, whatever it is, you can call them, you can deal with them, you can go through a couple of messages, and eventually, in our experience, most of the time it gets resolved. There again, there's exceptions. Somebody can say, "I was totally wronged, and eBay never corrected it." That does happen. I'm sure it does, and it's probably going to happen to me at some point. But 
normally they fix it, but who's got the time? Like, did you enjoy spending all the time you had to spend to get that thing taken off? No, of I had the- three, three phone calls. It literally took me probably two hours no. until it finally got resolved. Now it was worth my time. Right. Right. But if I could turn back the clock, I know I still would have sold it. I still would have sold it. But I know now that pretty much, like I said earlier in the podcast, anything that's Nike, that's a pair of shoes that's over a hundred dollars. I'm probably not going to, going to sell on eBay. It's just, it's not worth the headache. And cause you can't, here's the thing. You can't, you can't argue. Right. Right. You, you could appeal and I did appeal, but ultimately how many times can you appeal? Yeah. You, and, and like getting a second opinion, right? Like that's, that's a pretty tough thing. Like I knew somebody, I knew somebody when I was uh, young, I was trying to go through the, like become a correctional guard. Okay. And I knew somebody who was going through the same process and they were in the middle of the hiring process and they, you have to go through like a physical and then you go through, you know, a psyche valve and like all these things. Well, he got to the point where the the psychiatrist said that this person wasn't like, they, they didn't approve of them to, to move into the field. Right. And I'm like, man, that's awful. Like what, what's your next step? And he's like, well, I was told by like the recruiter guy that I can pay for my own second like person to like evaluate me. And if they evaluate me and say that I'm capable, then the psychiatrist that failed me gets to choose a third psychiatrist to do a third one. And then that to be the tiebreaker. And I'm like, well, if, if he failed you, he's not going to pick somebody. He's not going to pick a third party neutral person. Yeah. He's going to pick somebody who's going to validate his, his claim. Right. Otherwise it's going to make his original claim look bad. And so it's kind of like that. Like you really can't appeal that if somebody says, no, we don't think this is, this is authentic. Well, what are you going to do? Pay for a third party person to, to authenticate it and then go back to eBay and then eBay to say, oh, we know we said no, but you have this other paper saying yes. So now we're going to say yes. Yeah, then only, that means their original yeah. was wrong. So they're not going to do that. You can't. You, you, Unless it's like no a win. several K item, but then you get into like attorneys and right. that's a whole another discussion. Now, the other part that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is not only is it the time, let's say on the phone or the messaging, let's say that metric sticks. Let's say you have no choice and it's stuck. The only way to overcome that is by a lot of more sales, which is going to, I think, in the long run, going to end up costing you more money because now you're going to be taking a lot more offers. Now you're going to be you're going to want to sell stuff because the more you can sell, the better your metrics get. Right. It kind of gets washed into all the other sales that you have that eventually that percentage. Right. So if that percentage is, let's say, you know, point whatever one oh and you can't have higher than a. I don't know, 0.20, right? You're going to have to sell a lot more to get that percentage down to a 0.05, mm. right? And so there's a lot of time. There's going to be a lot of money spent uh, and it's just, it's not worth it. So it's better if, if you know, you're you're wondering about something or, or you know, you're like, uh, you know, some people make a lot of money on the CPAP machine or a lot of people make money selling this baby item or, or you know, these Nike shoes, they, they look pretty legit. I mean, there's a couple of things off, but... You know, the 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 risk is worth the reward. I would say no, it, it's probably not. Now, here's the last one. And I thought I know this is hard to say. And and I say this all in love. OK, eBay does care about its sellers. I, I truly believe that at least most of them. OK, I mean, eBay doesn't have to do an eBay open. eBay doesn't have to send swag. eBay does. I And Mike and I disagree on this a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but I don't think For eBay sure. really needs to. I think eBay would be just fine if they never did an eBay open again. They never sent swag. I think they'd be OK. They'd be OK because guess what? People are still going to make YouTube videos about eBay. People are still going to talk about returns. People are still going to talk about how eBay changed their life because now they're full time sellers and so on. But 
here's the thing. How many times have you seen a major YouTuber go, I'm done with reselling. eBay's been too much. I'm moving on. How much of a dent do you think that's made in eBay's business? Yeah. Well, publicity, bad publicity is obviously a big deal that they want to. But only if address. you're like Kanye or something, you know, not like even let's say the, the people that have half a million subscribers and there's like a handful of them. Even if they got out of the eBay selling business, I don't think eBay would take a hit. Well, it, it, now, if you're talking about that, they're not going to take a hit with their store, like one or two, even big resellers, you know, you're a full-time reseller, you're bringing in six figures or, or double that, right? You're bringing in quite a bit of money. You, eBay can lose you because the fees that they're getting, and it's not going to make a huge dent. Now, where I do think it, it would make a difference, and I'm sure eBay does take a lot more into consideration, is when you're dealing with, if, you're, if you've got somebody who's got 500,000 subscribers and they're averaging 40 to 50,000 unique people watching their video, if all of a sudden you take 50,000 people who are pretty diehard eBay and you've got somebody blasting eBay and they respect that person, that's going to make a, like, eBay doesn't want that kind of bad publicity. True. I just don't think the numbers would change. Because how many times, and I'll give a real life scenario. And so how many times have you been at a job and like somebody was unjustly fired or something, right? And everybody's like, oh, I'm going to quit. Like I'm done with this place. And how many of those people quit? Right. No, that, that's Nobody. the thing is if it's one or two people, for sure, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is when it's a really big person, it does matter. It does matter if like a celebrity in the field. Let is, us know in the comments. Do you think it matters? I'm sure. That, I mean, let's go back to when eBay was sending, eBay execs were were sending things in the mail, inappropriate things to, to the <laughs> eBytes people, right? They were doing that because they realized yeah, that that, yeah. that makes a difference. Like when yeah, you have, when true. you have, it's true. when you have bad publicity that is going to your direct followers, right? Like if we've got one or two people trolling us in our, our YouTube on the comments or whatever, it's like, okay, that's annoying. People can look at that. It's no big deal. But if like all of the people who've been supporting us, and if there's, let's say somebody who we've had on as a, as a guest and, and we've interviewed them and they're a supporter and they're talking in the comments. And then all of a sudden they tell all their supporters, hey, I know I've been telling you to listen to Pierce Podcast, but Pierce Podcast are liars. They're cheating. Yeah, but we're not even a billion dollar business. The that, point that's I'm, what I mean. But the point I'm trying to make though is if if you if it's a big person that has a following that can actually dent your business, it makes a difference for sure. So I, I do think that that as an individual reseller, you're dispensable. So I agree with the point that we're originally making. The point I don't necessarily agree with is that eBay eBay could care less at all if a big time YouTuber who's huge in the reselling community all of a sudden is coming out and bashing eBay time after time after yeah, time. I They're going to do this, damage control. I think in this era of PR and worrying about everybody's feelings, I, I think that there's some validity there. But I do think... And I, I'm, I'm repeating my point, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, we've had some, we had that major YouTuber that was banned. I guarantee you, and, and, and even his discussion, like he said, I've had multiple conversations with eBay. We're leaving on good terms. I know all of that was because of, I almost guarantee you, there was some kind of an NDA signed and they had to do what they had to do. And I, I appreciate that they followed through and that this guy was handled it well, but they knew that had they have, had they have not done it in the way they did and appease him, I'm sure he had to be appeased in some way or another that unless they had something. Well, yeah, if they had something, but it yeah. probably goes the other way in the sense of, okay, we both need to come to the conclusion because if all of a sudden that reseller who's huge on, on eBay is done with eBay comes to all of his people and say, eBay is terrible. Let me tell you how Mercari is better. And all of a sudden eBay loses 20,000 or, or how, how whatnot is better. Right. So if they, if they lose 20,000 people, 
and they're saying yeah. eBay is doing this. They'll lie to you. They'll they'll cheat you. And if they lose a, that, that is damage control. They're not going to want to do. Right. So I do think it matters when it's big time people for sure. hundred percent. That's the reason, that's the reason they, they sponsor and support and do those things for those resellers who come to things like eBay open, right. Is because they know these people have pull and that's advertisement and they don't want that negative publicity. See, I'm, I'm the other way. I just think eBay organically understands that they're built on secondary resellers and that's why they do what they do. I don't, cause if you look at their, I don't want to get into this much, but if you look at their major PR campaigns, a lot of them, they're not, they're not like the Mercari, the one not commercials and all that are going after the secondary sellers, right? They're going after generally like the latest one was about um, eBay motors, right? About selling car parts, right? And how many YouTubers, I mean, not that we know, maybe there's a whole another eBay motors, like YouTube space that we don't know about, but generally the, the major YouTubers on, on reselling are secondary goods. But anyways, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I think it's still important. I agree with you. All right. Hey, listen, uh, another thing that we do care about though, and we sincerely care is every single one of you that have signed up to help us out and support us on Patreon. Yeah. Our Patreon, Alana and I were actually just talking about this before the podcast that, um, you know, it's doing the podcast. It's, it's a lot of work. We put a lot of time and energy into it. Uh, we know that sometimes it can be a little bit annoying when it's like, we're talking about our bald heads again, you know, and it's like, all right, here we go. Uh, so, so we get that and we understand, and we thank you for, for dealing with that. But, but the number one reason we're able to keep doing what we're doing and put out this content, do the research uh, is because we have listeners who value what we're saying and they want to support what we're doing. Uh, a lot of the, of you who sign up for Patreon, the five fifty five a month, um, you, you're not even doing it because you're trying to, to get into the, the special discord cook group, which we have a discord. It's, it's, not, not, a cook, a cook it's not a cook group. Um, but it's not because of that it's just because you're just saying, thank you. Right. Thank you. Pierce podcast. You give me a lot of information. Uh, it's worth it to pay a little bit throughout the year for the, you know, hours of content that you give every month. So we, it's because of people like you were able to keep doing what we're doing. And as a bonus, because of that, uh, our content stays free and you have access to our discord group, which you know, it's a really cool community where, again, it's just a place where you can learn lots of things. You can uh, interact with other resellers, kind of get a chance to get out of the uh, do it on your own bubble and, and and meet some other people, talk to some other people, get some questions answered, maybe offer advice. Because I'll be honest, a lot of the people in the Discord, they're better than we are, right? They know a lot of things that we don't know about categories we don't know about. And so um, this it's not the Mike and Orlando show. It's just a place for resellers to come together and say, hey, how do we how do we make more money doing this and enjoy it while we do it. So again, thank you for those of you who support us. Uh, you supporting us on Discord and our, or rather on Patreon is what keeps the lights on. It's what keeps us going. And it's what makes sure every Wednesday you've got at least an hour of content to listen to about the reselling life. And we got mini soaps too. That's right. Mini so, soaps. So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Pierce podcast or go to the link below and uh, help support PHP. All right. Now, how can you put yourself at risk? Yeah. Let's talk about ways to help ensure that you do get... <laughs> that you destroy your business. You do get banned or you do get ruined as a reseller. Because if you know how to do it, then you can avoid it. <laughs> that's right? true. That's true. And th there's a lot of them. I mean, I just talked about selling... Well, I did not. But if you sell inauthentic items or even if you're selling items that you're like, ah, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know the provenance on this. I don't have receipts for this. I think it's real. Like you have to be sure. So I, I, I don't know, maybe arrogantly base my <laughs> validating things as legitimate on my 11 years of reselling. 
right? That I've seen plenty of fakes. I've seen pr- plenty of legitimate things that I, I think for the most part, unless it's a, a, a niche or niche that I've never sold in, I can pretty much authenticate whether something is real or not. But every once in a while, there are items sometimes that I'll pick up. Like today, I called somebody. I was going to buy, it was like 80 pairs or like 100 pairs of Osiris shoes. I was going to do a bulk buy. And then they're like, hey, which ones do you want? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, do you want this kind and this kind? We have this and this and this and this and this. And and I knew I was in over my head because I just thought I'll just pick up these pairs and they're all legitimate. But then I thought, I don't think I know enough to get into this. So I backed out of the deal and I was just like, Hey, appreciate it. Uh, hope you're able to sell through. And I moved on. Right. Uh, another one is uh, no paper trail. And th- this is on Amazon. This is a big deal. Somebody actually on our discord recently had said that Amazon was asking them for re- uh, f- the, was asking them for documentation on stuff that they were selling merchant fulfilled. So that's a big deal. What that means is Merchant Field is, is the items that you directly ship out to Amazon buyers. So there's Fulfilled by Amazon where you ship it out to a warehouse and then they ship it out when it sells. Now, usually you were asked for documentation for Amazon FBA, but now they're asking people Merchant Fulfilled. And I, I think it might depend on what item it is that you're selling. But it used to be that you could like send receipts and you were fine. And I guess now some people are finding out that even the receipts are working out. Now they want actual invoices from companies, right? So you got you to gotta be careful because you could end up with a bunch of inventory that you bought and you were able to sell a few and then like you got banned or you got gated and then you put your, your business at risk and then you have a bunch of inventory you can't sell, right? So you can get pretty bad. Uh, recalls is another one. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. I mean, it's one of those things that's tough because if you're buying a lot of things that at uh, garage sales and thrift stores, you might not always know that this was a recalled item. I remember first time I tried to sell some. Uh, is it Bumble? Is it no? It's not Bumble. Bum bum. Oh, the, the, the seat, the seat for kids. yeah, the the seat that's like a. Uh, I think it's Bumble seat. Yeah, Bumby or something. So I've sold quite a few of those actually, but I didn't realize that uh, there there was a point in time when um, they made them without latches, like the clips, and then there was a, a time when they installed the clips. So it, that's a cool one where there was like the recall on those where you can actually get the item fixed. So it's a simple fix. Uh, if you have one, you just message the company, you send them the model number on the bottom of it, and they will send you the kit to install the uh, the straps so that the kid can be strapped in when they're sitting in it. So there's certain things like that where now I know whenever I see those, it's no big deal. If I see one that's at a garage sale and somebody wants Bumbo, Bumbo, somebody wants $2 for it. And I'm like, man, I could sell these all day long for 35 bucks on eBay. Um, and you know, they're pretty light. They're big. They take up a big box, but they're not super heavy. So, you know, maybe I'll pick this up. Well, if it didn't have the straps, I might've been afraid. Oh, this has been a recalled item. But now I know all I have to do is send in the thing and I get a free one, a free strap. I put it in, takes two minutes and now I can sell it. So there's just knowing that, like knowing that there's certain things you can do that with certain things you can't, and you're not going to know every recall, but if you go to somebody's house and they have like a ton of something, it's, it might be worth figuring it out, right? Like if they have 40 items of like 40 different blenders and they're like, yeah, I've got all these blenders ask the story like hey how did you end up with these and it might be like yeah i used to work for the company and uh you know we would these were like models that we'd use as display models and they were throwing them out so i took them okay perfect cool that's the reason you, you take them or it could be somebody you know bought out a whole bunch of recalls or something happened and 
they can't be sold, right? Or somebody was a vendor of them and now they can't sell them. And so maybe double check, like, is there a recall on this item? Because the last thing you want to be stuck with is 40 blenders that you think sell for a lot, but they're all recalled. And if you sell them, you might be legally responsible for something. Yeah. And I, I'm from, I, I take a very high approach to this. I will not pick up baby items just for the sake of recall. I won't sell supplements. I, I, I don't think I even sell food. No, I don't pick up food at all either. Like a lot of people pick up candy and, and, you know, they pick up seasoning or whatever. I won't even do that. I won't touch anything that is ingestible or anything that can cause some kind of, uh, well, pain like a lot of, a lot of like helmets i won't pick up sports stuff sometimes i won't pick up it just it's just not worth it to me it's just not worth either a getting sued it's not worth maybe getting banned it's it's not worth getting suspended uh, all those things will put you in danger uh if you know you're not wise about what you're picking up it's good now how, how good are you shipping do you have you always shipped on time yeah shipping on time has been something <laughs> that that i would say has been 99.9 percent .9 of the time we've gotten it out Maybe there's been a couple of times in the reselling career of like, I was late getting home because of traffic. And then by the time I got home mm -hmm. and they got it packed and then got to the post office, the postman had already took off. Right. And it's too late for the day. It's going to go out the next day. Luckily, a lot of times eBay, not that they go solely off of when the shipping label is, is printed. Mm -hmm. um, usually, I mean, as long as it's not late, you're fine. If the customer doesn't complain that it arrived late, then even if you ship it the, the day after in our experience, you're typically okay. Uh, but if you've got a, a habit or you've got a consistent pattern of shipping out late, uh, it's not getting to the post office in time, or you're not printing the labels, at least printing the labels by the time they're due. Uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to crush your metrics. It's going to put your store in bad standing. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that one little thing puts your store in bad standing in, in the way that is going to affect every aspect of your store. Mm -hmm. Because then let's say that's happened to you. You're, you're, you're chronically late with your shipments. And you've got a lot of returns because of people saying that, you know, your items weren't as described. And then you send that thing in to get authenticated and it gets denied. That's when it's going to be, hey, I'm sorry, we're not removing this. You, yeah, you and just remember, the item. less you sell, the worse your metrics can be. Yeah. Right. So, for example, I've had one time where I didn't make it to the post office and I had uh, 20 items that I had to get. <laughs> they had to get scanned the next day. But that's okay if you're selling several hundred items a month, you're good. But let's say you're selling, you know, 40. Yep, then that's 50%. That's 50%. Like, it's a, that's it's a percentage. Yeah, it's a percentage game is really what it comes down to. Uh, if you if you have one return for every 40 items you're sending out, no big deal. If you've got, you shipped two items this month and you got one return, that, that's a much bigger deal, even though it's the same number of returns. So percentage wise, it's a bigger impact and it goes both ways. Like the more items you sell, the more risk you are at each of those items potentially could be an issue. Mm. Uh, so, so that that's a thing, but yeah, sh shipping on time is really important and just having good customer service is important. If you have bad customer service and it goes along with what we were saying earlier, as far as having your store in, in good standing, if you're known as your store of not, not resolving the issues, because I mean, that's one of the, the ways eBay will close out a case. That's is, one of the worst defects it, you can get. It, yeah, it, is close without seller um, resolution. If you're not able to work it out with the customer, I mean, it's like anything. Like anytime people come to you, if you're a parent, you probably get this. As a teacher, I get this. Anytime you have kids come to you and they're they're, they're bickering and complaining, you kind of just want to say, figure it out, right? And 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 after you figure it out, if you can't figure it out, then come to me. But if you come to me for everything, um, and you guys can never figure it out, and you as the seller, you you have the the burden of proof. Right. As the seller, you're the one that's that it's this is more important for this is a bigger deal for 
than the customer. It, it is for the customer. So you've got more, and it makes sense. It's like, if you're the older sibling, right? If you're the older sibling by a lot and there's a really younger sibling you have, and you guys are bickering and fighting, the parent is going to expect that the older sibling is going to be the responsible one. Like, Hey, you should be responsible here. And I think eBay looks at that with a seller. Like if you are a seller, they might've responded to you and said, this item came and you guys are blankety blank, 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 blank. Okay. Well, eBay looks at you and says, okay, that's the customer. No, you're a business. Now be responsible, right? Like you shouldn't respond with a string of curse words in your response, right? Even though if they called you names and it's, they were being rude and mean and hurt your feelings, let's be, let's act like a responsible business. And so if you've got bad customer service and there's a lot of it more than just being rude to customers, but if you're not willing to, to offer a refund or not willing to offer returns, if it's a significant issue, if you're not willing to answer a question, if a, if a, if a customer bought something and they say, Hey, when are you planning on shipping this out? And you don't respond and you don't respond the next day. And then you finally ship it and you go, well, I had three day handling. So, uh, it wasn't late, but if you never told the customer, if they asked and you say, Hey, um, I normally ship out on Tuesdays. That's my policy. It's Monday today. So mm-hmm. it'll be shipped out tomorrow. Just feedback. Talk to the customers if you're if because I guarantee you it shows up on your account. I know for a fact because I mean I don't know what eBay's looks like, but I used to work at a call center and when a customer would call in, um, and I worked for DirecTV and it was the installation department of DirecTV, and so it would be if a customer moved and they're having their their installation like they they have to reinstall their satellites mm-hmm. and stuff, we'd pull up that account the technician is arriving there. Next thing you know, the customer is like, this technician is late and they're trying to say it. And then we pull up their account and, and it was all color coded of every phone call we've ever had with them. And the red ones were like, this is an irate customer. Have you seen I issue. got three red ones this weekend? I don't know. Right. I don't know. So, so you could quickly see like, oh, this customer, we have had several interactions with them and they are maybe off they're the rocker. Right. Yeah. Um, or if you've got like lots of good conversations with customers, you click through a couple of them and you quickly see like a customer was very polite, was able to resolve the issue. Uh, they rescheduled, whatever the situation is, that makes a difference. And so I don't know exactly what eBay's looks like, but there's got to be a way that if you've called a few times and you have a record of bad customer service, they, they, they're going to know, like they know. No, I, I agree. And again, it's always worth it to just take that return and just eat the return then have a mad a mad customer. Now, granted, understandable. If it's something that's worth several thousand dollars, it's a whole other discussion. But most people that are listening on the podcast aren't <coughs> selling Rolexes. They're not selling, you know, super expensive items. Now we all get those five hundred thousand dollar items that we sell. Sometimes several thousand dollar items. And I find that generally the higher end items don't cause you problems. But if it's something that's like twenty, thirty bucks, and the person's being irate and they're causing problems and just let them return it. And this is why I very much advocate a return policy because a return policy allows you to show more customer service. Even if that means just giving a partial refund, at least you attempt it. And that's what eBay needs to see. Uh, Amazon's very big. Amazon's very big on you just got to eat the return. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and and then you got to, this goes back to terms of service. This is why I will not sell used electronics on Amazon because I don't want to get into an argument with, with a buyer about an item working and they're saying it's not working and then they sent me junk and I have to just eat it. I'd rather sell on eBay because at least on eBay, I can do a partial refund. And if they escalate it, and usually I would say eBay has sided with me every single time and will say, hey, you reach out to the buyer, you try to make it right, you give the partial refund, uh, we'll take care of it. Now, if I'm always selling stuff that isn't working, then maybe eBay might change its mind. So make sure that you're going that extra mile. Don't don't get heated. Don't get upset. Remember, just like the Godfather said, it's just business. Uh, 
right? It's just yeah. business. She's business. All right. Hey, uh, so social media. Yeah, we're on it. If you haven't checked us out, make sure to follow us on there. Uh, and, you know, I always appreciate uh, all that I'm learning there, too, on social media. And we're always dropping uh, content there. So check us out. Uh, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. Uh, you could always uh, give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. That's purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you're listening to us for the first time and you want to see what Mike really looks like on the podcast, jump on over to YouTube. You'll never believe it. <laughs> we always get those comments. Whatever out. you're thinking, it's not that. Hit, hit that subscribe button and uh, hit that bell notification and smash that like button right now. Just to let people know that you, you appreciated the podcast. And as always, we appreciate all of you that are over on uh, Apple iTunes that leave us a review and let us know how much you appreciate the podcast. Uh, we're still, we're hoping to get to 700 here. We are the most listened to uh, reselling podcast and it's because of everyone that tunes in and it does help a lot when people go in there and they say, Hey, we really enjoy this podcast. So I just wanted to share a few of the latest uh, reviews here. We're still at 4.9. It hurts my feelings, but that's okay. Uh, we'll get over it. All right. <laughs> Right. So uh, this comes from uh, Chris uh, Bocchino. My phone's going to die any moment. So, oh, Bocchino, they pronounced it. Mm. And said, I was re in the reselling game back in the early 2000s before smartphones and comps. Good for nice. you. OG. Like, I respect there. Got back into it by happenstance. It's a word not used very much. Mm -hmm. A few months ago, much easier now. Found your podcast. I've been binging on it for about a month currently on nice. episode 146. And listen to it every day. Lots of windshield time with my job. The hustle of the week literally gives me goosebumps at times. Keep up with the great work. I appreciate that. I can't nice. believe 146 episodes. Yeah. You're halfway there. You're almost there, man. You're almost there. And hey, just imagine in like a few more months, if he keeps up at it this pace, he's going to hear his review read. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, this one, uh, just uh, I'll read one more here. Uh, this comes from uh, Jay Frise and said, recently started listening from the beginning, but been a fan since 2019. Nice. The real ones here. Uh, thanks for consistently delivering real relevant uh, information. Mike and Orlando are the best duo. Both are educators and they offer unique perspectives of a full-time reseller and using reselling as side hustles to improve your life. Definitely give them a listen. You stand to gain a lot of knowledge. So, Really appreciate, I, again, these reviews keep us motivated, keep us going. It also lets people know, uh, you know, hey, this is why you should listen to this podcast. And so it, it moves more people uh, to listen in. So thank you so much. Uh, appreciate all of you that have left us a review and detailed info. Yeah, make that algorithm work in our favor. <laughs> there you go. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. All right, our first one comes from Jertron. Uh, who's from our with, Discord. With a zero. With a zero. Uh, so this is one of those times where it's really cool being on the Discord because, I mean, you get the Hustles of the Week if you follow our hashtag, Hustle of the Week, which was our hashtag. Let's reclaim it. Um, but the cool thing with the Discord is you just get more of them in there, uh, people talking about things, bolos, that kind of stuff. So this was one. Uh, so it went to an estate sale on the second day and noticed a box on a small table, uh, and it was a, a box of jewelry. The box was flipped on, uh, flipped with the lid on the bottom, and saw a tag and it read that it said Tiffany. So it was a Tiffany and co silver item was on sale from, uh, from $40 to 20 because it was a second day, 50% off. Okay. So listed it on eBay and sold within three days for $300 plus shipping via the global shipping, which that's always the dream because you know, 
you can kind of wash your hands of it once it's out. Pretty and, much. Uh, and yeah, Tiffany & Co. I've, I've sold a couple of Tiffany & Co. items and man, what a what a great sale. If you could pick something like that up for 20 bucks, sell for 300. And on the second day of the estate sale. Yeah, which means that uh, that a lot of people missed it. 100%. 100%. You never know. So I just had a good sale, but I won't make it the hustle of the week. Mm. So anyways, all right. Hey, so this Damien uh, IG handle, DMW Buy Sell Trade on Instagram. Now, I think he just had a hustle a week, like just like three weeks ago and had a few, maybe a month ago. But the reason I bring this up is because it's related to Mike. And not only that, uh, there are certain resellers that are real, like real deal. Like they do really well. They, they're the reseller I want to be. Mm. And Damien's one of them. If you're not following him on Instagram, make sure to follow the uh, MW uh, buy, sell trade on Instagram uh, because their sell through rate is just incredible. And the stuff that they pick up, and the, the the ROI. So had a hustle of the week a few weeks ago, but I had to mention this one because he learned this brand from Mike over three years ago. Yeah. Do you even remember this? Let's see. Bought this item in a bin full of audio equipment at a flea market for $150. Had no idea what it was worth. After checking comps listed as sure PSM 1000 dual wireless transmitter on eBay and for listed for $3,000 and yes. took an offer the same day for $2,350 free ship. And definitely a reminder to be out at the flea market at 5 a.m. Man, what a killer deal. Do you remember sharing that, Bolo? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the specific context, but um, I do know, I'm sure I've talked about Sure as a brand. S-H-U-R-E. Yeah, S-H-U-R-E. They, are, uh, they make microphones and microphone products like those wireless transmitters. And it's like on the high end, right? It's like you can, you can go to a store and see guitar, and there's like guitars that are worth like hundred bucks and there's guitars that are worth like 5,000. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to the untrained eye, it's like, well, guitar is a guitar, a, 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 a microphone's a microphone. But the reality is there's certain brands that just that the quality is better or they have a following. And so sure is one of those brands. Um, and sure, sure has stuff that's like extreme high end. And then they have stuff that's like middle of the road, high end. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a brand to be on the lookout for. So that's so cool that, uh, like you said, this, this is a reseller who's, leagues above me in reselling right above me, I, but the I fact that you know i was able to give a, a a potential bolo that that brought you in some profit that's awesome i love that so, great work damien all right our next one comes from daily kathy uh from discord uh we love these discord ones it's pretty cool so went to the store that should not be named dun 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 someone on our discord said they started calling it Volder store what does that mean like voldermont that from Harry Potter? Yeah, I mean, because it's he who should not be named. Like, that's where that... So, I'll, I'll be real. And hopefully, my son doesn't listen to this podcast. I watched all the Harry Potter movies for the first time this summer. But I got to say, I don't know if I paid attention the entire time. Mm, but, I mean, that's where, you, that's where you got the store that should not be named. Was it? No, I got it from... It was like... Uh, I thought it was like from a M Night Shyamalan movie. Like, no, I'm like, oh, he's with the Puritans or something. No, I'm like 99% sure that <laughs> that that you got it from uh, from Harry Potter because Voldemort is. He, How about if I just he, got it from my mind? He who shall not be named. Which okay. Anyways, okay. Uh, so Volder store, a little bit store that should not be named, and found two wooden hoops in a bag for two ninety nine. Uh, listed a vintage seven inch wooden queen embroidery hoop with a tension wheel. Uh, which was felt lined in 12 hours for $200 plus shipping. Nice. $299 to $200. That's the kind of ROI I like. And I, I don't even know how how it was recognized. Like, how, how do you know that? that uh, apparently, if there's felt in the inside of the embroidered hoop, it makes it vintage. There you go. Now we know. Now you know. If you didn't know that, 
Which, I mean, who doesn't know that? But, I mean, now you know. We should do like a G.I. Joe sound. Did you ever watch G.I. Joe? It's like, knowing it's half the battle. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Should we, let Are us you, know in the comments below, should we bring back uh, more soundboard stuff? We, I think we should. I mean, there is a level of like, it's cheesy. Cheese. Yeah. We can go like, uh, like extreme hardcore radio show where they have like tons of sound effects every two seconds. It's like the chicken doing its chicken cluck and then somebody woo woo. And then like, that gets, <laughs> that gets obnoxious. Okay. All right. So what's your hustle of the week here, Mike? Um, I, so I can't give the exact item here because, um. <laughs> This is. I'm trying to see his notes. It's so I mentioned on my bolo. He just put what? That is the, he, I can't even see it. Like his notes. Cryptic. It is cryptic. cryptic. Um, wow. So I mentioned on the last episode with what I was excited for. I mentioned I was going to Disneyland, and uh, my goal while I was wow. there, and I didn't even want to spend a whole bunch of time on this. I was just like, if I just so happen to while I'm walking around, uh, find an item or two that I can pick up and then make it pay for because the tickets were paid for for me and my family because. My uh, my niece was having a birthday, and so they paid for us. So I was like, if I could, if I can like make the ho- like basically pay for the hotel room that we stayed at, and then pay for parking, that would be like that would make this basically a free trip. It'd be perfect. Yeah. So I did it, man. I found I found some items. I mean, they have, all wow. haven't sold yet, but uh, I, I I didn't even have to work that hard. It was just kind of like do the things we talk about. Like my main thing was, hey, it's October first when I went. Mm. October first, it's the start of they're putting out all their Halloween stuff. Don't necessarily look in like the shopping stores of like, oh, they've got the Halloween. Everything's Halloween. But like think of the like unique things that you can get at like booths along the way. That's like, hey, this is like a special right now, especially if it's like a limited. You can only get so many. Okay. You know, those are the things you should be be potentially looking for uh, to to pick up. And so I think I think by the time it's all said and done, um, I will be able to have completely paid off the trip which is just one of those things we do as resellers, right? You're always just kind of on the lookout. If you're, if you're good at doing that, of thinking like, I bet this would sell. I bet you this is the kind of thing people are after. And uh, you look up a couple comps on eBay and sure enough. So usually when we do hustle a week, at least people have an idea of what to look out for. And that's a bolo. No, no, no. I, no. I so hustle the week. I hustled this week <laughs> okay, and I, I picked okay, up an item that's okay, going to okay. sell from Disneyland to pay for my trip. It's a hustle of the week and I've, I'm proud of it and I have no apologies. All right. All right. Okay. There you go. If you want okay. it to be a bolo, then then you're gonna have to wait till next week for a bolo. Join Mike's cook group on the side. <laughs> Disney Disneyland bolos. Yeah. So. All right. So I I am happy about my hustle of the week because it's always a great feeling when just like uh on earlier found that Tiffany and Co on the second day to state sale. So I hardly ever go to the thrift store. Right now, lately I have been going maybe once a week just because I, I gotta tell you, I've been kind of just wanting to get out there. Like I make, I make a lot of local deals, but I do miss just the hunt, right? Because yeah, local deals are a hunt in the way that I, I'll, I'll do a huge bulk buy and I, I don't know what I'm picking up. Sometimes like I'll pick, I know what pretty much I'm picking up, but there's always surprises. But, you know, garage sales are a hunt. I love those, but I couldn't get out to a garage sale this past weekend because of family stuff. And so when I went to the thrift, sitting, literally sitting in the middle of the floor was this huge box. And it said a uh, gold label collection. And I was like, gold label? This could be like a chintzy, like, you know, 
like trinket thing. But then I saw that it said Mr. Christmas. Mm -hmm. And whenever it says Mr. Christmas, I think this was a bottle from like a week, a few weeks ago. You should always look it up. Well, I looked it up and it was a Mr. Christmas Go Label collectible uh, Hyde Park. So basically it was this huge like building that you would find in Chicago and and you plug it in that music Christmas music keeps playing and there's people dancing inside of it and there's lights and everything and pretty cool. And it was only 35 bucks. And I was like, I couldn't find any comps. But here's the thing. You ever go on Google? You ever Google something like you're, you can't find comps? So you Google it and then there's like this pick click like site. You ever seen that one? I don't know if you've seen it. Mm. But like you click on it and it's somehow it's kind of like worth point. Like it shows you stuff that sold past 90 days. And I don't know why it ended up on this site. And it said uh, this thing sold for $399. 99 and i was like wow that's uh that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty good and i'm like all right i guess i'll pick this up and here's the bad thing is i didn't even i didn't even look at it like i, I didn't open it i didn't check it in the store i'm like good enough for me 35 dollars. i'll pick this one up and sure enough i ended up picking it up and i listed it pretty high and I didn't get a couple bites for a week. And then what happened is people started messaging me and going like, Oh, the lights don't look so good on there. They don't look like they work. And I was just like, Oh, I guess I need to take a better picture. So I went in my light box. I turned off all the lights and I turned on the item and sure enough, it sold like within three days. Now here's the cool thing about it. It sold to a guy that was, he lived on the East coast, but he was traveling through Arizona and he's like, Hey, can you ship it to me while I'm in Arizona to save on the shipping costs? I was like, sure deal. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So pay $35. And within a couple of days, the guy messaging, the guy bought it uh, for $399 and 99 cents. Nice. So 35 to 400 bucks. And uh, I made a little bit of money of the shipping too. And cause you know, I always overcharge on your shipping cause they're <laughs> this last week I sold a, uh, you know what the Bessler is? You know what those big, like I, you saw it in here. It was this huge, like, it was like a projector for like film. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you remember seeing that yep. device? So it finally sold. Nice. And uh, it sold for 350 bucks. And I uh, charged a hundred dollars shipping and shipping cost me $200. Ooh. Painful. Painful. And it was right under the, I got scared. I'm hoping it made it okay. But it said, if your measurements are off, uh, this may cost you over a thousand dollars in extra fees. Yikes. <laughs> so. Stay tuned on our update episode, but it should be good. I measured it at home. I when I went to the UPS store, I measured it again. I had the lady even put like the measurements and to see what the limit is when it starts going to freight, and it was all good. So you imagine that like a thousand dollar charge for no, shipping? That'd be awful. It would be awful. So, anyways, that's a side note. So I'll let you know if that's a hustle of the week in a couple of weeks or. A, I feel like at that point they should, especially if it's that big of a difference price wise, they should like reach out to you. Like it should be, they have to call you and get confirmation that we are going to now change this from this to this. Otherwise you have to come pick it up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. that seems like ridiculous to say, Hey, we know you paid 200 bucks, but now it's going to be 1500 bucks. And we didn't tell you that, uh, but you owe us. I feel like right now I'm jinxing myself by even talking about it. Uh. So anyways, my hustle of the week is keeping out anything Mr. Christmas at the Bolo. Look it up. But uh, especially if it's scarce, mine was the only one listed. And then within a couple of days, somebody else listed theirs for $1,800. I 
Whether they'll get 1800 I don't know. Maybe I should be a watcher on there. Let's see. But then again, that's not good. That hurts your metrics. Not, their, right. not my metrics, but their metrics. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone that shared your hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. Another, uh, not a hustle of the week, but another great item we love picking up is American Bubble Boy. Well, the nice thing is you don't even have to pick it up. It comes to you. And I get next day shipping now. Nice. So it used to be two day shipping, but I they must have got in another warehouse nearby. Yeah, closer. Yep. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. I remember last week on Thursday, I was running late on supplies. And by Saturday, I ordered it Thursday night. And by Saturday, I had bubble wrap again. So if you haven't checked out American Bubble Boy, they are the best deal. Go to our link below. Helps us out. Helps them out. Helps you out. Uh, Gives you a great deal. And it's free two-day shipping, maybe even next day. Uh, There's also local pickup available if there's one in your area. So check out AmericanBowboy.com. All right. So how do you want to stay in business here then? Um, Well, I mean, one thing is you can uh, source items that aren't quite as risky, right? So you're not going to pick up Gucci or Chanel? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is unless you really like there are people who like that's your niche, like all I sell are high end instruments. Right. And they know that, hey, this is a a $10,000, you know, violin or whatever. If Mm -hmm. that's your thing and you know it and you can do well in there. Absolutely. You know, your you know, your market. But that's not most people. Right. So if I'm somewhere unless I really have the time and energy to like learn, is this is this a real Gucci? Because or is this a real Louis Vuitton? Most time. It's not if it's at a garage sale and they're, you know, only mm-hmm. charging 20 bucks for it, right? Or at a thrift store. Anytime I see Louie or Gucci or Coach or any of that stuff at a thrift store, I'm just like, pass, yeah. right? Because there's no way. There's no way I'm going to trust that what, whatever is being sold there is real. Um, I mean, maybe if it's authenticated, but if it's authenticated, can you imagine the store that should not be named selling a Gucci bag that's been authenticated for anything less than what it sells for on eBay? Yeah. True. Like, there's no Very way. True. So, um, but, the, but that's the trap is a lot of times you, you go to places. Now there's, that's not to say that you can't pick up high end items when you're at garage sales and thrift stores. You just got to be wise with what you're doing. I mean, if I'm in a neighborhood where it's multi-million dollar homes and they've got some high end items out and they've got some Tiffany jewelry and they've got a couple of pieces of, of, you know, expensive designer, whatever, I'm probably going to be more likely to say, maybe it's worth the risk here because most likely this is real versus I'm just in the regular average neighborhood. So I'm not going to be picking up the riskier items. A lot of times those things like take a long time to sell anyway. So just pick up the stuff that that that's kind of the bread and butter and then find the items that are the cool home runs here and there. Uh, but don't don't source the stuff where it's like, whew, this could this could be a fake or there could be something major wrong with it, right? Certain electronics, unless you really know and can test certain things like computers, if that's your market and you know how to wipe them, you know how to reformat them, you know how to kind of refurbish them. Great. Otherwise, be careful because you might sell a computer that somebody gets and they go, I can't unlock this. This is password protected. And next thing you know, you're getting uh, dings on your account. Yeah, because you might think you're already spending that money in your mind, right? Going, oh, man, if I sell this, I'll make two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But what if it's not real? And then your store gets suspended and then you lose two thousand dollars. Right. And then you get that defect. It's just, it's not worth it. So again, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, here's the thing. I have always been one of find the stuff that isn't going to cause you a lot of problems, you know, like cowboy boots, very hard for there to be fake cowboy boots. Right. I don't think there's a market, right. But there is a market for fake Louis. There's a fake market for Chanel, fake market for Gucci, but you know, baseball gloves. I don't think there's fake baseball gloves. Right. And there's high end baseball gloves, but 
even those don't get faked as far as I know, right? Yeah. Sunglasses, be careful of. Yeah, yeah. So be aware of what you're sourcing. You don't want to get stuck in a situation, especially if you might think it's a here's a, here's a rule of thumb. If it's like a high end item and you're getting an extremely good deal, chances are there's a reason you're getting that extremely good deal. Right now, there are the diamonds in the rough, right? You're I don't know. You buy a jar of like broken watches at a garage sale and in there there's like, you know, a Rolex. Maybe real, maybe, right? I don't know how you would verify that. Uh, I was watching a uh, a guy on TikTok. He uh, he does like Rolexes, and this guy came out with a seventy five hundred dollar Rolex. And it was crazy is that the Rolex parts of it were real and parts of it weren't. So it wasn't that it was just a fake. It was just like the way it wound was fine, the motor or whatever was fine, but like this glass here was fake and this part was fake. And I'm like, again, like. I just wouldn't play that game unless you really, really are learning uh, what to pick up. And this is an easy one. Uh, be accurate in your listing and shipping, right? If you can't ship at a certain time, then extend your shipping, right? Just make that happen. Yeah, be accurate even with like pictures of like oh, 24 of your pictures. <laughs> okay. Well, at least have a video on there, right? To show all the flaws, right? If it's, if it's something that's, you know, high end or something not high end, but something that's valuable. Uh, but it never, it never hurts to, right, under promise to over deliver, right? Not saying to say this item is trash, you'll get lucky if it's something good. No. Yeah. I like accurately promise and accurately deliver. Over deliver. Yeah. But, but if you're, if you're, if all of your listings, you're selling yourself short. No, no, no. I'm not saying do that. But there, there's some people that okay, like, you can over deliver in like customer service. Um, but I, I feel like it's hard to over deliver on the product itself. Unless you, your pictures were bad and your listing was bad. Which it does happen. Well, it happens, but I'd rather not. Like I'd rather, I'd rather have, I'd rather make it look as good as it is. If it's really nice, oh, agreed, I want to look agreed, good. Agreed. So, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to under like, Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make it look as nice. Cause that way they'll be happy when they get it. So, um, I, but I, I, the sentiment I think is right. Like you want, you want them to get it. And I think where you can definitely over deliver. Um, and that kind of goes into our next point is in the customer service. Like you can over deliver in you know, being prompt with, with replies, uh, being thankful, um, leaving them a very thoughtful comment. I'm sure it makes a difference for them in the same way. Like when you get the random a plus plus buyer would buy from again, you're like, all right. Or seller. You know what I mean? Like when they say something like that, you're like, thank you. It helps. I appreciate the positive feedback. Um, but when you get the positive feedback where somebody says something like this was amazing, um, it came even faster than I thought it was wrapped really great. Um, I've been looking for something like this for a long time. I'm so glad to work with this seller. Uh, they answered my question. Like when you get a comment like that, like it means more to you as a person, mm -hmm. right? Cause you're like, all right, this, and, and if, if somebody else, another customer is looking at your account, that feedback looks more appealing than just a plus plus. Oh no. My, my favorite feedback that I get is great packaging as always, right? Really, you know, I, I bought from this person before and I'm always, you know, impressed by their packaging. Yeah. Like that, that goes a long way. And here's but, the thing. But, but what I was going to say though, oh. with that is imagine, imagine if that, if that means something to us, when we get that yeah. feedback, what if you give the same feed, kinds of feedback? And it's hard with a customer because they're just sending mm. you money. But if you're, if your feedback of them is a little bit more thorough, like, uh, it was a pleasure working with this person. They paid right away. Um, you know, just something nice, like whatever it was, it was great. Like if you're a little bit more thorough with feedback with them, they're probably going to be more likely to give you good feedback than if you're just like awesome. Thanks. You know? Yeah, I just don't. 
Yeah, sure. I'm just meaning like <laughs> the little things you can do for feedback or yeah. if they if they ask you a but question, it, go above yes, and beyond 100%, to answer it, I agree. all those things. Yeah. The, the, that's the thing. Sometimes it will be the the game changer as far as in converting the sale. And I know that's not what this episode is about, but I can tell you, like I've had people contact me and and ask me questions. And the fact that I was willing to answer those questions led to a sale conversion. Now, there's the other side of going the extra mile with customer service and the fact that, again, you're trying to keep yourself from putting your business at risk. Right. And so if you're always right, always courteous, always kind, always going the extra mile, eBay sees that in the messages. Right. Just like you said, it's very possible that they color code you right in their in their uh, call center. Right. It's the same scenario here with messages like they know the people like when you call and let's say you have somebody that claims something is fake and you got into this huge argument like, you know, you must accuse people all the time. I looked at your records. I see all the bad feedback you gave people like don't even go there. Don't even go there with the person. Just say, hey, listen, I know it, it, you're unhappy with the item. You are welcome to send it back for a full refund. No questions. Asked, and just leave it at that. Right. Because everything in you wants to fight this back. Everything in you wants to get into this argument. Right. Or there's the times that, you know, you ship out something and it gets damaged and, you know, you pack that really well. Right. But you still end up getting something damaged and giving that partial refund, even though, you know, it's not your fault. It may be a good thing. Now, this is also just like you said earlier, leads into our next one. Your reputation is everything. Right. Because if you're right away getting bad feedback, having things break in the mail, getting accused of sending fake stuff, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be done. Like your reselling career is going to be over pretty fast. But if you for over a long time can have consistent, solid sales, consistent, solid feedback, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but hundred percent positive feedback on eBay helps having a hundred percent on Amazon helps. But you know, I don't even, I mean, I have a 96%, but that's because people take forever to give you feedback on Amazon unless you use a third party. But those things help because when you make that phone call and you've been accused of selling something fake or, or somebody accuses you of trying to, you know, be shady about something. If you have that great reputation, chances that that platform is going to want to ban you or keep you from selling is pretty going to be pretty low because you've been a consistent seller and they want to keep you as that seller. Right. So I actually agree with you, Mike, from earlier in the podcast that people do care. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't think eBay cares so much the individual level. I mean, they do, but, uh, but, uh, the, uh, big squeaky wheel gets the, uh, the grease, right? Yeah. So always, always fight every negative feedback, always fight every defect because you never know. You might get slammed with one or two in a row and that could end up banning you. But if you took care of one of them and you get hit with another one, it's not, the, the blow is not going to be as hard. So you want to make sure that you are keeping that reputation as best as possible. Get all defects removed, get all negative feedback removed, keep your record clean. That's right. So hopefully with everything here we shared here, you don't put your business at risk, especially this Q4, especially the fact that there's always people looking out there to buy things and you want to keep that cash flow moving. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling leads. Peace. <laughs>